She comes to us from Atlanta, Georgia, and was born in San Jose, Costa Rica. She is the youngest of a family of seven children, and she has a degree in international business and speaks fluent English, Spanish, and French. During the 1990s, Paula became the number one tennis player in Central America and number 280 in the world. Wow. She is the current CEO of her company, Coach Paula Tennis, in Atlanta, Georgia. She is married to Dr. Serge Sautre, a French chiropractor, and they have five children. In 2015, Paula was diagnosed with a neurological disorder that left her a quadriplegic. She was inspired to author the book, 40 Gifts of Hope, which has the approval of the Archbishop in Atlanta, Georgia. Please, everybody turn your attention to Paula. Please listen. And let's give a warm Columbus welcome to Paula Umana. Thank you, Debbie. Is everybody ready for this beautiful day? Light shine or the darkness, right? Bonjour. Hola. Good morning. I'm sorry, that's how we talk in my house. We always speak three languages. And it's a little bit crazy, but that's the way we are. So, is everybody ready? Come on, come on. We're going to play some tennis today here. Okay, before we start, let's pray to our queen, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, a couple of things before I start. I want to let you know that English is my second language. So if you hear something funny, you're going to know why, right? So I'm going to speak with my heart to you, but sometimes I'm going to say some funny words. And before we start... Uh, today, we're going to play some tennis, so we're going to warm up, okay? Can you please stand up? We're going to warm up. And today, when you go home, or maybe in 20 years, you're not going to remember me, you're not going to remember anything I say, but I want you to remember just two things, okay? One is going to be this ball. And the other one is one single word that is the word fiat. Okay? So when we say fiat, you're going to pretend you have my ball. 
Okay, and you're gonna say? Can you say it again? Can you say with your heart? Very good, okay, so let's move our hips a little bit. We're gonna warm up, are you ready? Thank you so much. Okay, you can sit down. There is situations in our life where I, we can't shine on the darkness. For example, for me, it's so hard for me to shine at home every day with my kids and my husband. It's very easy to shine here in front of all of you with a cute dress and talking about God. Maybe we can shine because we can't forgive somebody. Maybe we can shine because my husband lost his job and I'm very angry about it. Each one of you, I want you to take 30 seconds and think about something that you know it's very hard for you to shine doing that, okay? And this is what we're going to do, but you have to promise me you're going to be very quick, okay? You're going to say one phrase to the person next to you. Why? What is that thing that you can shine in one phrase? So, for example, I will say to Clarita, I get angry with you all the time. And Clarita will say to me, Mom, I can obey to you, okay? Now, if you don't want to say that to the person next to you, just say, I pass, okay? <laughs> Are you ready? I'll give you like five seconds for that. Three, two, one. Go. El timer no está puesto. Dígales que el timer no está puesto. Okay, are you back? You did it? Thank you so much. When I was getting ready for this conference and I saw the topic, light shine on the darkness, I started to ask myself, what can I say to all these beautiful ladies that we can really take it home? And what came into my heart is, why, why do we have the light? Who is the light for us? We have the light because Jesus came. And why Jesus came to us? Because one single moment that is very important in all the humanity for you, for me, for all of us, was the moment of the Annunciation. Is that the right word? Thank you. The moment of the Annunciation when Angel Gabriel, which is the radio station here, which is great, he came to Mary and he says, would you be willing to have Jesus? How important is that moment for all of us? And her answer was a word that we say in Latin, fiat. That's why I was trying to train us all to say that word. 
Do you know what is the meaning of fiat? Anybody knows? Yes. Well, when you say yes, fiat means surrender. Fiat means let it be done. Fiat means amen. Fiat means yes. Okay? Can we say it? That's what, she, that's what our blessed mother says to Angel Gabriel. And during the day, we take more than 30,000 decisions. If we can train our brain and have the pattern to say fiat to every single thing we do, it is wonderful. Even, let's plan something, ladies, because the beauty here is that everybody's Catholic. This is so nice. But let me, let me, let's make a plan together. Before even evil comes to attack you for anything, you're going to say, yeah. sorry, evil, go away. Before I get angry with my husband, I'm going to say, yeah. and we know everything. What is the main reason why we are here? What is the main reason we're doing all this? What is the main reason why Michelle works so hard? For one single reason, and is because everything is about going to heaven, Right? Is that right? Everybody agree with me. We're here because everything is about bringing souls to heaven and all of us to go to heaven. So I want to share a little bit about my story with you because you're a little bit curious about who's that lady, right? I I'm waiting for a nice picture to come on the screen. That was my sign. <laughs> it's coming, it's coming. Well, I'm going to start, and then I'm going to put it soon, okay? I'm sure they're working on it. So I became a professional tennis player, and I used to be the most active person you can imagine. I used to practice eight hours a day of tennis. I used to have the strongest legs you can imagine. Practice and practice and practice. And, and I was dreaming to be a champion, you know? And it was very hard because I was from Costa Rica and I was the youngest of seven kids. And my father, my father um, was only able to pay me like one trip to go somewhere. But I was super strong. And that's how I became number one in Costa Rica and Central America, and I became number 280 in the world as a very strong tennis player. Picture coming, picture coming. Cuckoo, cuckoo, almost. Okay, let's keep going. And then, uh, oh, there you go, picture coming, woo! So there is a tennis ball. We're missing one picture on the middle. It's OK. So there is Paula, the champion, the tennis player. Then I became Paula, the businesswoman, the businesswoman that did her own company of tennis, um, successful, having tennis in a lot of schools in Atlanta. And it was very, very good. And then. I got married with my husband, Serge, 
and I start to have children. And you know, when you're a Catholic, you start to struggle with natural family planning, right? I mean, it sounds super nice and super good, but it's hard for us. It's hard, like, should I do it? Should I not do it? I'm scared my husband support me. My husband, you know, can I have a big family? So I had my first child, and I was like, can I do this? Can I be a tennis coach and be a mom? Yes. There is my beautiful family. Can I, can I have my second child and have a family and also teach tennis and do what, everything I'm doing? Yes. And then the third one, Felicity came. Can I do it? Can I do all the things being a mom? And I was able to do it. So then I start to get more confident about it, you know? More confident. And then when you become a mom, you start to die to yourself, to so many things, and you start to live in a situation of every day with different things, right? Oh, that picture is later, I guess, but when, that's fine. Okay, so you start to live in so many situations, and then when I was pregnant on my child number five, Charles, I started to feel some weakness in my body and tingling and numbness, and I was like, oh, it's okay. It's just the pregnancy, right? Because we get weaker and weaker. And when Charles was born, it was like a monster on my body. I started to get very, very weak, and I couldn't understand what was going on with me. And it was very difficult. So after he was born, this um, neurological condition attacks all my body, and I couldn't feel my body at all. I was full of pain. I couldn't hug my kids. And everything physical became my dream, like taking the trash out mop the floor, everything that we feel lazy about, all those things start to become my dream. And emotionally, it was very hard because when illness comes to your life, you go through so many stages. You get angry, you feel jealous of things you never thought you were going to be jealous. You have a lot of fear when the difficult comes to your life. And I remember I had to disconnect emotionally from my children because it was so hard to spend so many months in the hospital. And I start to feel what was to really live on a, on a fiat situation every day. And it's funny because I imagine that happens to you. When suffering comes into your life, it's a package. It's not only the thing that is going on. It is physical. It is emotional. It is spiritual. And you have to be aware of all those things that comes into your life. 
when the spiritual suffering came, it was very hard for me to, because evil comes to your life. Evil came to my life, and he was like, don't you see, Paula? You are not useful for anything. So I became a complete paralyzed body in a bed, and I was not used for absolutely anything. And on that moment, it's very hard because you feel like prayers are not working. I was begging God. I was asking God, please heal me. Please take me out of this situation. I think you have mistaken. I have five kids in my house waiting for me, and, and I'm here in this bed paralyzed, and I cannot do anything. So that's when evil comes and says, woohoo! It's time for me to attack you now. After being a mom that for me everything was fiesta in the past. And when I was a mom, I used to be a mom of let's go. I was never a mom of cooking too much or doing crafts. My style to be a mom has been an, was always like let's go. And now I was a complete body paralyzed in a bed not being able to do anything. A lot of suffering, a lot of physical pain. And I remember the bills on the mail coming from all the medical bills, from everything that was going on to me. I was asking, God, where are you? So when I was going through that, all that started when my number five was born, Charles, my son Charles. I remember saying to my, to my, um, to my husband, I'm going to get married, I'm going to have children, and I said, I want to get pregnant in March, I want to get a baby in December, <laughs> and then I go back to the tennis court in February. So, I got pregnant in March. I got a baby in December. But this is what was my body in February. This is Paula in February of 2015. On that moment of my life, I was so confused. And I was asking God, why you don't answer my prayers? I have five kids in my house waiting for me, and they need me. All my strength was gone in that moment. And on that moment and on that picture that you see there is when I learned something really big. A priest came to me, and he explained me the wonderful idea about offering your sufferings. And on that moment, I learned what was really to live in a... Why? For me, it was easy because I have nothing left. No strength, no physical strength. The only thing was my voice. That's it. Everything else was absolutely gone. So I'm sure all of you have those situations in your life that you have to be shine 
that you have to shine and be light on the darkness and say every second of your life with everything you're going through. That was my fiat moment. And you know what is the beauty for me to see that picture now? On that moment, I was saying, God, why am I going through that? And you know why am I going through that? Because I'm standing here in front of you to tell you that you can live in. I didn't knew God was going to send me to this stage today. If I knew that when I was on that bed, that would be fun, right? But when I'm with Charles, I want to tell you everything that happened after that that is so beautiful. Because after that, so many beautiful things happened in my life. So we're going to play a game, okay? I may be hitting some balls. If you get a ball, you can go to my booth and get a treat. <laughs> when I was on that bed, I was asking to myself, I need the sick to talk to me. I need the person suffering to talk to me. Somebody coming to me and telling me, I'm praying for you is not enough. So that's why I decide to have my ministry especially for the people that is sick and suffering. I feel passion for all of you. And maybe some of you are ill, but my main passion is somebody that is bed-bound. So I meet with them, and I give them tools. What are we going to do? So that's how my book came out. My book is the most simple thing. I couldn't write with these hands. I didn't know how to do that. But it has 40 short stories that you can read to the sick. If you have that friend says, I have breast cancer, and you say, what should I tell her? Then you give her my book. Y además, está en español para mis amigas. ¿Hay gente que habla español? Sí. Lo tengo para ustedes. So we're going to play a game, okay? If I throw a ball and you catch it, then you're going to get a treat, but you have to get trained to say? Okay, it's time to talk about miracles, right? No more drama. Okay. So, when I'm doing very bad, I decide to go to somebody very important. I'm a mother of a teenager. The teenager was ignoring me. You know, five kids, one get angry, another was, was nice, so many things. But this teenager was so angry to me. She never talked to me. She was so mean. She was so angry for everything that was going on. So I was always there waiting for her. Always there waiting for her. One day, she came to me and talked to me for five minutes. Wow! That was big time for me. <laughs> I realized the blessed mother is there waiting for you. She's there waiting for you. She's there waiting for me. She's there waiting for us. That's why we have this beautiful blessed mother as the logo of this beautiful conference. She's there waiting for you. You just have to go to her, put your head on her knees, and say, Mary, I can be light on the... I can shine because this situation. So... How miracles happen in my life? Well, I want to tell you the first one. I was that picture that you saw before. No, don't put the video yet, baby. And, and my family went in a beautiful... Okay. 
Attention, please. Blessed Mother is coming. Attention, please. Holy Spirit is coming. Attention, please. Okay. So, bueno, if, if evil wants to bother us, it's okay, leave him alone. So, um, the miracles started when all my family went for a pilgrimage in Costa Rica. Forty people went for this beautiful pilgrimage in Costa Rica for me. And I want to tell you what happened the next morning after all of them did this walking for me. Hopefully we can put this beautiful video. Okay, it's an accident, not a fire. Michelle, we're waiting for a beautiful video to come. Uh, is it coming? Maybe? This is what happened after all these people went for me for a walking. Look at this video. Clap to everybody! Clap to everybody! So that was the first miracle my, our blessed mother gave me. After that, it was February 11, the day of Lourdes. And our blessed mother, that's the day of our blessed mother, right, Lourdes? My mother-in-law called me and says, I'm praying for you. But what happened with the mother-in-law calls? Do, we, you, do you pay attention? Not that much, right? But then a friend called me and told me, my strength was so gone, and I want to show you what happened that day on February 11, 2016 with Paula. So we're going to see a nice video of what happened to me on February 11 of And then I want to show you something even more beautiful. So after that, I was going to be a woman in a walker using some plastics on my legs. I went to the best doctors you can imagine, Vanderbilt Clinic, Neuromuscular Clinic, trying to, want to find out a way for me to have that freedom to be able to walk. And my main dream was to be able for my little son that was a little baby to see his mom walking, to take care of him. So one day, Charles, my little son, was three years and a half. He came to me and he says, Mom, are you going to walk one day? And I said, I don't know, Charles. You need to ask Jesus. 
So in my house, in my room, we have a cross, a crucifix. So Charles ran to the cross. And he said, hey, Jesus, can my mother walk? <laughs> and then, like two months later, I went to teach tennis in a scooter without being able to walk with Charles. And there were little kids there, and they said, Coach Paula can't walk, she can't walk. And Charles, the little boy, he said, my mom is going to walk because I already asked Jesus. So I was very surprised. I said, oh, God, you better do something. <laughs> so I want to show you uh, maybe the picture before Rachel, please. What happened, because my daughter Marie went to Lourdes. She was my oldest daughter, and she went to Lourdes to pray with a bunch of friends. They went to Spain and did a mission trip to Lourdes. So that day where you see her, that was June 15 of 2018. That was four years after everything started. She was in Our Lady of Lourdes. Most of you know what is it, right? It's a beautiful place where the sick goes to pray for me with all these girls. So that day, I'm in Atlanta, and it's a day that I'm not praying. You know those days that the flesh is out? And... And I am in Lourdes, I am in Atlanta, and I'm in the car with my husband, and I feel I have a hair here. Does it happen to you? <laughs> and you never find the tweezers, right? <laughs> Where are the tweezers? I don't have tweezers. I want to go to Kroger, that's the supermarket in Georgia. No, we go to Publix, my husband says. No, I want to go to Kroger. No, we go to Publix. We go to Publix, I get out of the car, I'm a lady in the walker with a lot of difficult to walk like this, and my son Charles goes. And when I'm there that day, when my daughter is in France praying for me to Our Lady, this lady you see on the screen, that, is, that they're gonna show you again, it's, well, I don't know if you saw it, when my daughter was in, I don't know, there you go, thanks. Her name is Angel, by the way. So I am there, and Angel turns and looks at me, and she says, excuse me, I want to talk to you. I didn't walk for 12 years. I have no feet. I got lost in the mountains, and I got in, in, in the winter, and I got hypothermia, and they have to cut my feet. So I look at her, and I'm like, what is that Mercedes Benz she has on her legs? No doctor has told me about it. She says, I didn't walk for 12 years, and now I have the devices that I discovered in Instagram. <laughs> so that was the beginning of my miracle. Angie told me there is this guy in Seattle that used to do legs for the veterans of the, of the war, and he creates this brace, and, um, and now I can walk. So I start to fill all the paperwork and try. After all these years living in a, yeah. giving up to tons of things all the time, yeah. and missing tons of activities of my children, yeah. 
and maybe going to mass with dirty nails and not the dress I wanted to do, but yeah. and not being able to cook one single meal. Yeah. Is that fiat? I don't know. <laughs> the disability has some benefits, I'm telling you. I can't, everybody, right, Clarita? So, so I go to Seattle and I come back home walking the way I am right now. And when I come back home, it was a Friday at one o'clock in the morning. And that little son, Charles, was on the window waiting for me. You can put the picture of Charles, that's nice. Charles was waiting for me and he says, Mom, can you walk from the door to the kitchen? And he looked at me, can you go to my room? Can you hold my hand and walk with me? And do you know what that boy did? After he saw all that, do you know what he did? He went back to that cross. He went back to that cross that he asked nine months before. And he says, thank you, Jesus. Sometimes there are situations we have in our life that we have to live in always, that we cannot change the things. I'm very lucky I can stand. I'm very lucky I can walk. And every morning when I wake up, I have the same feeling. We used to have in Christmas when the bicycle was in the tree, you remember? That is my feeling because I have this and I can walk and I can move and I can teach tennis and I can serve the Lord and I can be with all of you today. And when I was very ill, thank you. When I was very, very ill, you know, I was wondering, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna manage that? But, but God has always a purpose in all the things. But when I was very, very ill, I have so many daughters that helped me. But one of them was Clarita. Clarita is my daughter number two. And Clarita used to feed me. Clarita used to take care of me. Clarita used to take care of her little brother and sister. She was always there for me. We have a nice picture with Clarita and me. I don't know if you have it around. Um, but Clara used to take care of me, and she was a 10-year-old girl that was always taking care of me when I was very ill. And her siblings, and she was only 10 years old, doing everything. And today, we travel around the United States. We never know where God is gonna send us, to students, to ladies, to a mother-daughter retreat, to a corporation and be a secret agent for the Holy Spirit. Because that's part of our Wherever we go, we are secret agents for the Holy Spirit. 
It's very easy to be here. We all believe, but when you go home, you go to your work, you go everywhere, you're like, how am I going to evangelize these people? We spend hours and days decorating our house and looking at makeup or doing so many things. We can make a big effort figuring out how I'm going to evangelize, how I'm going to be light on the shyness. Shine on the light, dark on the light, shine, light. You know what I mean. <laughs> so it's so beautiful because now my daughter is 18 years old and we travel and we serve the Lord. Clarita, can you come? Clarita and me will be here with you today uh, in our booth here. I really want to say hi to all of you. It's too crazy, right? So, Clarita, I don't know if you're doing yes. <laughs> Can you believe mommy was all paralyzed? You take care of me. And now we are here serving the Lord. I don't, want, I don't know if you want to share anything you want. Um, this is crazy. The... The amount of faces I'm seeing right now is like shocking. Like I didn't think I would sit there and feed my mom and, and see all these people now. It's beautiful. I love all of you. <laughs> Pásame las bolas. I accept my kids the way they are. Bolas, bolas. Maybe your retirement plan is not what you expected. But you're living now? I accept the way my children are. I'm a secret agent of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to evangelize even if I'm shy, even if I have fear, even if I don't know anything. I decide to forgive. I decide to forgive. I decide to forgive. I'm light on the shine. I'm, I shine on the darkness. I have somebody with a disability in my house. But I offer everything to the Lord. I'm getting older. I'm getting weaker. My body is not the same. I'm going to serve you, Lord, wherever I go. The bow and the fiat. 
is on your side. And on that 30,000 decisions you make every day, I want you to choose. It's easy to live like that. We surrender of the Lord. We obey Him. We are servants of the Lord. Everything is about souls to heaven. Thank you so much. God bless you. Fuerte con tu fuerza.